I'm Rob Pollard and you're listening to South London Hardcore. Welcome to South London Hardcore. I'm Jack McEnroy, Steve Walsh here. Hello. We're at the Love Walk Cafe on Denmark Hill. Uh, I don't know what the banging is. We reckon, your theory, and it's the best one so far, was that uh, them sort of pounding down the coffee upstairs, isn't it? You know, we watch comedians in cars getting coffee, we're aware of the rest of the Speaking of, there's uh, a latte there. Cheers, thanks very much. Thank you very much. In a glass, Daniel Reese ties on Willowproof. Yay! To keep us drinking lattes and to support the show generally, we do need you to keep using our Amazon link. We've, I said on episode one or two that we don't have a donate button and we'll never have a donate button. I've started to regret that, Steve. I don't. I, I much prefer the Amazon model because we're taking money from Amazon and it gives us this like insight into what people are buying. I'm always fascinated to look through the list and see what people have bought. Yeah, exactly, right? So the podcast is free. It stays free, but it costs money to do. So keep using the Amazon link and tell your friends to use it as well. If you know people to use Amazon, like, tell them to use it. And the money adds up. Here's an abridged list of uh, some of the things that have been bought. I don't know who bought them. I should check my Twitter. Let me check Twitter. There was one, one person's laid claim to hair wax, which is nice. Thanks, Will73, for buying that wax. Right, here's a, a bridge list, Steve. Some Hair wax, not records. We should uh, put that in. Uh, you might have been... Putting it on wax. Some things bought this year already. Two baby buffs. Not, not any by you? Neither by me, no. Right. Not even recommended by me. A serious polyp. Yay. Uh, a book on British Rail. No doubt. Uh, Rail episodes. Yeah, inspiring people to uh, get involved. Fiona and Cake Mad Libs. Warren Oates and Wildlife about Schmidt. Death Wish 2 and 3 Not 1 Someone bought 2 packs Of Fenton and Cola Right Which is this oh. bottle It's cost £2.75 yeah, yeah. A bottle in East Dulwich Deli yeah, yeah. You get it on Amazon And it works at 99 pence each bottle Which is what you pay For like A, a bottle of Coke In a News agent Exactly And you're talking The high quality stuff I might get some lemonade But anyway Doris By Earl Sweatshirt uh, Zoom H1 Which we use to record the show ah. Max Payne Free And someone bought a Wii U Brilliant Welcome to the show The first episode of 2014 Featuring just a pair of us Is it? Yeah And only the second one Of the last 16 episodes We've already had some great guests this year Stephen Appleby Owen Pomery On for about the fifth time Sarah Broadhurst Talking about railways Kevin O'Neill Telling us about 2000 AD and stuff Councillor Graham Neill so go to sampleonthehardcore.com, click the episode guide there, find over 100 episodes, also on iTunes. We also had on Daniel Brewers Tyson, who is back on Resonance FM, so every Monday at 10 o'clock you can listen to Daniel Brewers Tyson is available, he's brilliant, I say podcast, radio show now. Yeah, yeah, legit. We've got some local news today, but some announcements first. We did a live show in January. Breaking news. <laughs> uh, great fun really good response and we're going to do something similar but different because you got to mix it up and you can't just keep doing the same things over and over so we're going to be doing a quiz at the end of this month Sunday the 30th of March from 7.30pm at the Ivy House in Nunhead which is exciting as a venue because 
it's had a sort of troubled history over the last few years. When we did our Nunhead episode, it was actually closed out at that point, wasn't it? And uh, it looked like it was pretty much done for. But since then, local residents have sort of like teamed up and revitalised the whole thing. And now it's London's first cooperative pub, which is a brilliant thing. Yeah, so that we'll be running a pub quiz there, as you said, Steve. Go to facebook.com slash Hardcore and you'll be able to join the event. Do you want to give people a sample question, Steve? Sort of thing they can expect. I've got a question, but I can't remember any of them off the top of my head. Just do one. It's a freestyle one. Oh, I've got one for you, Steve. Go on. Which member of Oasis was born and raised in Elton? The drummer in it. Yeah. Alan in. White? There you go. So you've really got a point for that. I was going to say Steve White. He's related to Steve White, isn't he? his brother, yeah. Yeah. He drummed for Paul Weller and stuff. There'll be prizes. Uh, we'll be recording the episode, probably. We'll see how it goes, but we reckon we'll record it and release it so people can play along at home. You'll remember from episode 92, Lakeisha told a story about me supposedly burning my hand on a hot plate in Paris. <laughs> I thought you'd got past the apocryphal. We didn't say apocryphal. I thought you'd got past the fact that this definitely happened and we just accepted nah, it. No, nah, I didn't burn my hand. Anyway, no, didn't <laughs> Monsieur, no. Uh, there was a t-shirt competition. We've had a few entries. So if you go to southlandhardware.com, you can see uh, our six entries and vote. Vote by Sunday the 9th of March, definitely. Um, for your favourite, which one you want to see on a t-shirt. We've got entries from Paul Shin, Owen Pomery, Michael Garston, Celeste Francis, and you and I, Steve. Mine's um, the worst, but I'm not opposed to one charity vote, just because I'm going to stay stuck uh, on zero otherwise. I can't bring myself to vote for me. You're going to split the uh, blind vote. <laughs> I'm hoping to split the indifferent vote. Uh, we'll have that, the winning design on a t-shirt within a week or two. So, safranhardcore.spreadshirt.co.uk if you want to buy a t-shirt in the meantime. Anyway, Steve, let's crack on some local news. should probably say, Steve, we're, this is our second episode with recording at a hospital, isn't it? There was no Because of uh, St George's Inn, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There was no room. that there was. It was too noisy in the cafe. And... Uh, in Campwell, when there's only one place to go if you want to be in the warm, in the shelter, in the silence. You know, you can probably hear that lady eating a croissant in the background, <laughs> can't you? Coffee machines on. The occasional uh, movement of the door. We're in the uh, tra- patient travel refunds department <laughs> in King's Pony. Yeah, it's the which, discharge. Which street, you'd imagine would be quiet. Don't take the uh, wheelchair, oh. they will catch you. Our initial plan was to record at the cafe in the South London Gallery, because you've yeah, been there before. Number 67, it's called. Yeah, it's great. It's one of the best cafes I've ever been to. But the thing is... I mean, Love Walk that, is nice, they? but but that's better. And yeah, that's why it was rammed. Yeah, you sold it to me as a place that does good food, but has, in your own words, a quiet room out the back that would be perfect to yeah, record in. Yeah, I mean, the one time I went there, it was quiet, but not on a Sunday morning, <laughs> when everyone in Campbell just wants to get into an artisan cafe. So the opportunity to have a little wander around, I think we had a look in the um, bookshop, which yeah, is great, really nice it's selection. Beautiful dust jacket. I mean, their definition of a sale, or my definition of a sale, <laughs> is very different. Yeah. I should choose twenty four ninety nine. I definitely won't be taking that. Good selection of cards. No, lovely stuff. Really, really nice stuff. Mm. A lot of stuff to be selling. Gosh, that's always my uh, 
one benchmark. Lost London. <laughs> um, and also had a look around uh, gallery space. It was okay. Yeah, the main gallery was closed, wasn't it? The main yeah. gallery was closed because they were between exhibitions. And upstairs they had, is it Richard Fleischer? Fleischner. But the highlight for me, wandering around the gallery, was, of course, when you go to uh, galleries like this, they have someone... Uh, you know, Paul Shin has a similar role, a uh, major gallery. Does where, he? Yeah, yeah. Which one? Uh, National Gallery, where uh, do say hello. Um, <laughs> basically, he's there to make sure people don't touch the paintings, and when they do, he has to go over and say, "Don't touch the paintings," and then explain why they can't touch the paintings. Which you'd imagine, you know, uh, wouldn't keep him busy. But he's just on his feet all day, having to tell members of the public they're not allowed to touch paintings. Mm-hmm. And similarly, uh, we go into this very small gallery space. It's like two rooms, and there's a guy sat on a chair between the two rooms. And it was quite interesting because so we had a look around the first room, then moved into the second room. Which point he got out of the chair and just stood in the doorway. Yeah. So I yeah. think he thought, I mean, you're wearing uh, very much the <laughs> outfit of a, a casual football hooligan, aren't you, with your uh, sportswear? <laughs> so he's obviously clocked the fact that you're wearing sportswear and decided that there's no way this guy yeah. isn't going to nick a lump of metal. <laughs> um, Set up a scrap. But it, it meant, and you know, this is fair enough. These guys who work in these places will routinely have a book or a magazine with them to uh, keep them occupied. Um, but this guy had, and I, I said to you afterwards, did you notice what he was reading? Your guess know. was some kind of magazine, right? It was some sort well, of magazine. Art magazine yeah, I thought. yeah, kind of. It was the uh, Blood Bowl Handbook. Blood Bowl. Blood Bowl's. Uh, it's a role-playing game. Set in the Warhammer universe, which right. is a sort of sci-fi fantasy universe, but it's based around American football. Right. So it's like dwarves and trolls and elves playing American football with like weapons and stuff. So you can have like these like trolls that throw the ball really far, and then elves that are really right. quick at getting it. Popular? it's the sort of thing where you'd imagine there's a huge crossover potential I mean I uh, played it a few times when I was like 11 I mean this guy was wasn't going that long yeah yeah it's not a new thing um, but yeah I just thought it was a very odd choice of yeah, I mean he's, well, he's, he's better to be standing there reading Turks with bananas but yeah, just, uh, you know, he might just be getting into the game, just needs to get the fundamentals. He might have a session tonight, isn't it? And like, he needs to know what his best option for a running back is from uh, various you know, fantasy races. If you want to get any Blood Bowl books, obviously go through the Amazon link on saffronhardcore.com. Yeah, you can get the start back. And, you know, same as the other. Sounds brilliant. Yeah. Uh, I remember the thing is with role-playing games, uh, I like things like that if it's on a computer and all the maths is done for me. When you're playing it in real life, it's a lot of uh, dice rolling, and uh, you have to sort of be into that, and I'm not really. No. I like the idea of, uh, as I say, sort of an offensive line uh, made up of various monsters. It's a, it's a nice idea, but the ra- and also you've got to be into like painting models and stuff, and I'm just not. I'm, just, I'm very lazy. But I, I, they, the must, they, must, <laughs> they must have done a computer game at some point. I mean, have a look on Amazon and yeah, uh, do do get it for whatever platform you're currently rocking. Let us know. Sticking around Campbell and Peckham, some local news, but a local figure that's hit the national news in the last week is Harriet Harman, oh. the MP for Campbell and Peckham, who, it's a funny one, like, you know, we've talked about on the show before, uh, we've got issues with where the Labour Party is and where it's gone in the last sort of 10 to 20 years. I've got specific issues growing up in Campbell with Harriet Harman's effectiveness as 
a member of parliament. She's done herself no favours with various things she's done over the years. But when she's going toe-to-toe with the Daily Mail, it's really easy to pick your side, isn't it? Yeah, this whole story... Oh, it's horrible from start to finish. I, I was quite shocked, and I still don't really understand it, to be honest. Yeah, I, I, had to, I put pie into Wikipedia. Pedophile. Recipes. Uh, what is it, paedophile? Information exchange or something? Yeah, I was, I was quite shocked. That it, it, it is existed. remarkable that the idea of there being... And there's a similar, there's an equivalent organisation in uh, the States called NAMBLA, the North American Man-Boy Love Association. Is that for Arrested Development? They reference it, but it's, it's a real thing. <laughs> it, this is the thing, it's the sort of thing you go, that exists. They've sort of sat down and designed a logo and came up with a name and produced promotional material. Yeah. Just really, yeah, really odd. I mean, you know, the, you know what's got... Harriet Harman and uh, members of uh, the, the sort of troubled organisation, uh, which was the National Council for Civil Liberties, is it's very hard when you're discussing civil liberties to decide where the line is. Yeah. You have to be inclusive up yeah, to a point, but there is a line. There's definitely a line, and nonsense on the other side yeah, of that absolutely. line. Yeah, um, and obviously, a lot has been made about. You can't have your pie and eat it. That's a trouble, isn't it? <laughs> Has anyone done that in the national press? I haven't seen that. Uh, have I got news for you this week? I'm sure. Uh, have I got pies for you this week? But as Harriet Harman pointed out, if you are troubled about the allegiances of uh, this civil liberties organisation over the years, fine, and you can address those. But not if you're the Daily Mail and on the same website you're doing these stories you've got a whole thread that's infamous now I mean don't go and look at it at all because obviously it's just more clicks that get some more advertising revenue but it's uh, I don't it's a known fact that if you put blooming or blossoming into uh, the Daily Mail website you just get pictures of uh, girls aged between 10 to 15 uh, charting their physical development reading the Southern News and the South London Press and my parents' house I noticed they put the same London Autical School which I went to put the same advert in the letters page both saying it's their centenary which makes sense because there's a hundred it was a centenary of the Titanic going down on it last year before last and London Autical was, School was set up because they were like you know we know. need people prepared for sinking ship yeah exactly <laughs> exactly. I don't know if it occurred to them maybe they should like put enough lifeboats on and stuff. They're like, no, let's build a school. That's what we need to do. Yeah, originally the Rotherham from the Northwood School, which I didn't know. But yes, um, yes, it's the anniversary, 100th anniversary, the centenary. And they're looking for ex pupils. They weren't specific. I mean, they obviously mean like ex pupils that do podcasts about local history. Yeah. Are we uh, doing a London Law website? I just, I can't. Will I get them. a beret? I can't forgive them, Steve. Cap, your age, big cap. I can't forgive <laughs> them right. for my education. That's the trouble. I hold a grudge about what went down in six form. The thing is, if you're going to a school that's based around nautical studies, something's got to give, isn't it? Do you know what I mean they've like they've obviously uh, decided that there's going to be loads of boat talk? And that means yeah. there's just not going to be enough time no, for actual my, uh, education, is there? My maths, my maths uh, A-level was not properly taught. It is, though, isn't it? Because you're being taught by a sailor, isn't it? I'm assuming yeah. they're all sailors. This is how it works. Dr. Sh- Dr. Schultz was not a sailor, Steve. He was an overstretched IT and maths teacher. <laughs> <laughs> but I wonder, will be, you know, 
Will just, be... just quickly, uh, that sounds like the description you'd get at the start of a play script and the cast of characters. <laughs> Dr. Schultz, Dash, and overworked IT. <laughs> you know, would Jeff... I'll, I'll watch that play. Yeah. Will Jeff Probin be there? Will Jar Wobble be there? Will John Bostock be there? John Bostock. Will Jack McEnroe be there? <laughs> John Bostock's turned up everywhere else over the last five years, hasn't he? He's probably there now. Like, you know, it's a perfect opportunity to get in, you know, a couple of hundred years of history, but I just can't... I want to forget about London Nautical Steve. That's why I'm bringing it up on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is, we all sort of look back on our education and have regrets, like, not focusing enough. But also, it is a double... Don't be putting it on me. No, no, but it is is a uh, double-edged... Well, there's two sides of the coin, isn't there? You know, I, I, I didn't focus enough in school, but then they weren't teaching me properly as well. Right. I'll take I some responsibility. with you, was it your lack of focus? No, that was a huge part of it. But there was also, yeah. you know, famously, uh, you know, you're saying Dr. Schultz was an overstretched uh, teacher. My history teacher in the second year was a PE teacher who wasn't qualified to teach history. So it would just be, page 36, read this and do the questions. There's no context, there's no which explanation. Which is ironic, though. Which is not education, History is, is now your strong point, isn't it? Yeah, I love it. It's Too a... strong, if anything. Don't stop going <laughs> about it. Well, you know, uh, first year, and I might have numbers a bit skewed, but they're going to be in the right uh, percentile, so you just need to bear that in mind. First year, I got like 86% on my history exam. Second year, 32%. <laughs> Third year, ninety-one percent. So you tell me uh, if it's my focus or Steve. But this is a local news special, and but for the readers here, that you once got a thirty-two percent in the history exam. That is a scoop. I wasn't educated. That's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. Thirty-two percent. That was one of the highest in the class. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was an outrage, and you know, you're eleven, so you're not really sort of. Who do you? T- how do you sort of explain? You know, I want to well, learn I about did. history. We're in sixth form. And I, um, I can't remember how it went now, but I went to the deputy head about it and said that we've missed like a third of the lessons of this year. It's ridiculous, that's Anvil suffering. And he came in and like nobody backed me up. And the teacher refused to teach me that week because I had a deputy head. So I missed out on <laughs> good response. lesson. Good response. And I, I got the highest mark. I still got the highest mark in maths yeah, yeah. for the A level. I'm not going to say what it was because it's. It doesn't reflect my maths ability. Right. Let's go back to year seven. We've got hundred percent, Steve. In maths as well. So, bit of good news. Oh yeah, good. Your latte's ready. <laughs> Reading yesterday about the grand reopening of Seven Droog Castle, which I'd never heard of. No. It's a, just Six a tri- Droog Castle, obviously. That's a, <laughs> it's a Lidl now. It's in. Oxley's Woods in Shooters Hill. Um, it's been closed for 25 years and looked like it was pretty much doomed just to sort of fall apart. I think Restoration TV show had a look at it a few years ago and sort of got things jump-started in terms of local interest and people managed to get together and organise its actual uh, restoration. Originally designed by uh, Richard Jupp, who also designed uh, the original entrance and wings of uh, Guy's Hospital. Wow, He's wow. a man of a strong South London uh, architecture pedigree. Guys. Seven Drew Castle was originally built in 1784 by Lady James of Eltham, who commissioned the building as a memorial to her husband, Commodore Sir William James, who went out to a place called Seven Drew 
off the coast of India to fight pirates. Wow. So it's a pirate fighting memorial. Yeah. Why was that ever closed? You know, it's, uh, it's supposed to be. We will have to pay a visit. I think there's. Is there's, there's Alan Moore down there? Yeah, I'm really sort of intrigued by Oxley's Wood, particularly just thinking Algernon about. Algernon Blackbird, isn't it? Well, yeah, Alan Let me say that it sounds like I said Blackbird. Algernon Blackbird, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, do listen to our Alamore episode where he talks so beautifully about Oxley's Wood and the surrounding areas. Yeah, it's essentially uh, a tower that's so high, from the top, you have panoramic views of seven different counties. You can see as far as Dunstable in Bedfordshire and the South Downs. Remarkable, isn't it? Yeah. It's on top of a hill. It's when a tower it, on top of a hill. When did it open? Uh, end of March, it's going to be ready to go. So that's getting in touch with Lewisham Council, isn't it? Or we could just go. Greenwich Council, so. Or we could just go. But I mean, that's sort of opening party, isn't it? Oh, yeah. You know I mean, yeah, what's you're his right. Name? Clapham is a sewer. It sounds like uh, an excerpt from Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available, Steve. <laughs> that's Clapham Road, wasn't it? There was a, a water main burst. I think it's important to point out the pipe wasn't carrying sewage. Because that yeah, seems to be the focus I know, of the story. Sue, I only because I could make a Daniel no, Tyson reference. Of course. And, and people, but it's also the the obvious joke. I mean, you know, people are going, oh, the water's brown. But yeah, cause it's coming through the ground. It's not going to, you know, it's not spring water emerging from uh, just beneath the surface. It's moving through uh, concrete and dirt to get there. So, um yeah, it looks very unpleasant. I was uh, talking to someone on Twitter Saturday morning about the uh, chaos Friday or Saturday morning, and uh, she was saying it was it had all been cleared, but there were just loads of police hanging around. And as I pointed out at the time, you know, beats working, and I suppose you yeah. stand stand in front of a formerly flooded road and uh, just get paid. And they mostly seem to stand there, don't they? Yeah, <laughs> or kill people. <laughs> 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 no middle uh, ground. No middle ground. We visited Draper House in the Elephant Castle recently. Yeah, there was a uh, Graham Neal was in the paper, standing in the background. Yeah, there was um, a silent protest in front of Draper House recently because the residents have basically lived inside a sort of combination of cage and net with scaffolding and gauze covering up their flats for about two years it yeah, seems it's unbelievable isn't it and like you just hear the story it's like with the curtains <laughs> closed for two years isn't it but it's not just the fact that it's like you sort of go if it's just the work's taking too long but it just seems like it's just been incompetence after incompetence mm. like they fitted the wrong doors and windows so there were leaks someone forgot to take off a flu yeah they or put one on or something yeah the council had to tear up a contract with one of the companies they were working with after a gas leak left an elderly woman in hospital I mean you know there's being slow and incompetent but there's also endangering people's lives the leaseholders collectively have paid about £35,000 so far for this work which has left their building not working and just uh, dark yeah just really unpleasant so you know you'd hope that the publicity would get a bit more traction on the go, but it just seems like it's just ranking confidence, isn't it? Across the road from Drape House, the Haygate has been knocked down, or is being knocked down, I should say, and then at least the developers have come up with a new name this week for the development. Now, we can't talk about social housing, Steve, it's just too depressing, like the fact they've knocked down thousands and replaced them with a handful. Um, 
and replace social housing with affordable housing, which isn't affordable. Yeah, exactly. And you've got some David Lammy was saying that uh, he was speaking. To the, he's an MP for Tottenham, Labour MP for Tottenham, was saying that one. He was speaking, talking to a minister this week, and the minister said that London rents were the London rents being high was overplayed. <laughs> the thing is, though, if you speak to an MP, they would think that because, of course, they don't pay rent. So, no. how would they have any idea about the situation? So. But specifically, Steve, wanted to talk about renaming of areas, right? So they, what they've called it is Elephant Park. That's not, not terrible. one of the worst ones. That's not terrible. Fine, That's it? not pretending it's somewhere no, else, which is the usually elephant. the problem. There's no need to keep the name Haygate. Because no. Haygate it refers to a building that's gone. Yeah. No, I'm quite, I quite like Elephant Park. On um, Ackerman Road, just uh, between Campwell New Road and Loughborough Junction, They've, there's a new development called Oval Quarter, which is just offensive. I mean, partly like like I said about social housing, you can't escape. You know, it's not these things to me don't sim, don't symbolise the problems with social housing because every brick of every building in London symbolises it. It's not like it's taking place of social housing that would definitely be in there because there's no will from the government to create exactly, a social housing exactly. program. So there's but it's the the name. Like there's two issues I've got with the name. Three, really. The main one is estate agents renaming areas. Yeah. This is the thing of Elephant Park. Luckily, they've called it Elephant Park. Yeah. Because I'm happy for someone to go around saying they live at uh, live in Elephant. Yeah. But someone who lives on Ackerman Road is going to say I live at Oval. They don't. They live half a mile away yeah. from a stadium called Oval. They don't live in. They live in on the border of Cam. They live in North Brixton essentially. They live on the border of Camwell and Brixton. That thing is quarter. Like, it's not New Orleans. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Like, unless the estate is the shape of a quarter of an oval, don't want to know about this. Right, so... It would have been Oval Village otherwise, though, wouldn't it? Because they're all villages. Well, Aylesbury Estate is being knocked down. And again, this is one of those ones where you're like, is it? Because you've been saying this for years, but there's a whole block that's gone now on Furlough Street, corner of Furlough Street and East Street. And then I'm not. I didn't read the news story. I sort of heard about it second hand. It was on the cover of either the Southern News or the Southern Press. But they're looking for a new name for it. And no, again, no need to keep the name Aylesbury because it refers to a. We've talked about this in the past, but it refers to a village in what? what uh, where is it? Hertfordshire. Yeah, Hertfordshire, Buckinghamshire. Um, but Walworth Village has been put forward. These aren't villages. Like, put your doomsday book down. If you want to call it a village, it's Newington Village. That's the the village. Walworth was never a village. Well, I mean, it would have been Walworth Common, wouldn't it? Because it's too far from Newington. Oh yeah, 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 that's true. But still, don't, but don't call, call it, it a village. Yeah, like, and you got this is another one. Yeah, this is people probably well, you probably be in favour of this, Steve, but I'm not. On Albany Road, yeah, next to the old Silver Form School, which, which my mum went to, and then I went there for a year when my school was doing refurbishments. Um, there's a new block called Armand's Court and there's right. another block called Rotho's Court which might actually be on Westmoreland Road But um, so they've put those to the vote and they've named them after uh, people's nostalgic uh, feelings towards local eateries what do you think about that? I'm in favour of that particularly Rotho's because my mum went to school with the Rotho's Really? Yeah. I just thought it was just the name of an ice cream shop. No, it was a family. Oh right. And, and so well, you have to get a photo outside and send it to your mum, Steve. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think that's I, I think that's great because it is, uh, and particularly with Rothos because 
you know, the, the Ruffos would have moved over around the same time as... An Italian? Yeah, yeah, Italian family. And, you know, uh, similar to uh, the Irish used to get a load of stick from the English kids at school. So it's nice, they're sort of embedded in like They always were, yeah, sort right, of, right. but it's like yeah, fair enough. literally giving tribute. concrete yeah, form. Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. If it was, if it, if, it was if it was just businesses, yeah. then you sort of go, that's a bit tawdry. But these are family businesses, right, and I think right. that, that that does deserve to be recognised. So it's I just with armaments that, I mean, yeah. obviously I could run into legal trouble here, but, you know, they've almost certainly... I'll, let me rephrase that I'll be surprised if they've never served horse meat at Armand's do you know what I mean what's next like Mamushka Tower I thought you were going to say I'd be very surprised if the Armand family was still involved in the business but you've just gone <laughs> uh, <that'd be> like <laughs> uh, yeah but I said I, allegedly not even allegedly I don't know I've got no evidence apart from but definitely you know, you know put it out there um, no uh, I, uh, what I would like I, I, I'm not a fan of Pine Mash but I have no problem with a place being known after Armand's because it is a long standing local family and people have voted for it but what I would really like is for the building to be called 28 Albany Road (laughs) 30 Albany Road and these new buildings on where the Asbury was number 2 Furlough Street number 4 Furlough Street you know flat whatever just call it by the address Oval Quarter no number 7 Ackerman Road you don't need to come up with some poncy name the thing about you is you're a beautiful dreamer the park that's one um, is it it's either in Stockwell or Brixton no no Right, Stockwell, the park, yeah. There was an old Stockwell park, is it? The park. Then in Brixton, next door to Brixton Village, <laughs> right, the Viaduct. That's the name of a block of flats. Just call it number t- five, Cold Arbor Lane. Do you know what I mean? There's enough numbers. Numbers are infinite. <laughs> right, that's all we've got this week for you. com. 100 plus episodes on there. Remember, vote in the Monsieur Nord t-shirt competition. Join the Facebook page for... The quiz at the Ivy House, historic pub in Nuned. We we'll give you directions how to get there. If you know, historic sure. and groundbreaking at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Trailblazing. All right. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Bye. I'm not here for local news reports. Well, I mean, literally, today I am. Do you know what I mean? <laughs>I am, I'm Rob Pollard, yeah? I'm Rob Pollard and you're listening to South of the Hardcore, okay, yeah. Yeah, and if you want, you can say, at the end, you can say, it's the living lick, yeah, but you don't have to say No, that. I don't want to say <laughs> What, now? <laughs> yeah, now, anytime. No, anytime, when you're ready. I'm Rob Pollard and you're listening to South London Hardcore. I just do it once more about banging you. Okay, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah.